Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with me for just a couple of minutes. Here, our focus is being better and healthier than yesterday. Are you better? Are you healthier than you were yesterday? Here, we don't compare ourselves to him or to her. We compare ourselves to who we were yesterday. Self-improvement has no end. Health has no finish line. There are lifelong journeys where we take it one day at a time, and here we do it together. So let's do this. Before I get into the main content, if you want to get in contact with me, email and Instagram are the best ways to get in contact. Email me at benpagedc at gmail.com and on Instagram, benpagedc. And if you listen to this, go to Instagram, tag me on the episode, and I'll tag you right back and we get to know each other. I love to get to know the community and I would love to get to know you. So let's get on to the main content. Welcome back to another episode of the Wellness Farmer Podcast. Today is August 16th, 2022, and this is episode 293, and I'm bringing you uh, an interview with someone whose name is Dustin Powers. You might know him as Future4200 on social media. This was an excellent interview about how he is building the life that is allowing him to be as healthy as possible. Don't miss this episode. You're going to enjoy this one. Today, I have a guest coming on, which happens less than it used to, but hopefully I can start bringing more guests on because I love bringing people on and learning from them. And today, I got Dustin Powers on. Um, I'm going to talk to him and probably learn more from him than you are going to learn from him. So it's kind of a selfish thing. I'm bringing him on to kind of learn so I can become as as profitable and, and as, as good as a I mean, as good as I can become. Um, I've seen him progress over his time on Instagram. That's how I got to know him. And so I'm just I'm just glad to have him on and talk about his story and how he got to where he got. Um, but again, Dustin, before we get kind of kind of give that that windy road of how you got to where you are and then we'll start from there, because I'm really that's what I want to focus on and how you got to where you are. But I know it's a straight line. It takes it, yeah. it goes yeah. up, down and left and right. So, well, again, welcome to the show and kind of give us just an introduction to who you are. Yeah, so my name's Dustin. Um, on the internet, I'm Future4200. Um, I run a couple different businesses that are kind of cannabis adjacent, and I run a couple businesses that are full-on permaculture. Um, about 10 years ago, I bought land out in Pacific County, Washington State. Uh, I left the Puget Sound kind of as a bug out. Um, I bought 20 acres up in the hills. The, th- the property is completely forested. Um, with the with the intention to turn it into like a permaculture style bug out i realized pretty quickly that i it wasn't it wasn't like community that i was trying to get away from it was you know the overarching too many people that i was trying to get away from so instead of it being a bug out it's become more of kind of like a community permaculture style spot where we host events and throw parties and and teach people about growing food and and being more self-resilient um I, at the time, I, b- before that, I was basically living, I dropped out of college uh, to participate in the medical cannabis market in Washington. Um, I was pretty much just living out of my car, working six, seven days a week, um, bought the property, parked a little camp trailer. So then I had like a one or two days a week I'd spend on the property in the camp trailer. And the rest of the time I was still living in my car. I was working multiple jobs at that time. Um, I had a little bus that I was living up at the ski resort in the winters being a lift operator. Um, I had started listening to this podcast called the survival podcast by Jack Spierko. And, uh, 
he really resonated with me. So I, I got I got my life right. I started, I consolidated down all of my debt. I got rid of all of my debt um, other than that property, which I own or financed. Um, and so I was basically working all the time, saving and investing all of my money back into the property or eliminating my debt. Um, and at this time I, I didn't have kids and I had a girlfriend who's now my, the, the mother of my kids. Um, so I had a lot of freedom to kind of, you know, spend on the spend time on the property watching, seeing what was going on. And, uh, and I was making more money than I was spending. So I, uh, I was kind of working towards the, the goals that I, that I set for myself and, and have enabled me to live this life that I live now. Um, about five years ago, we bought the adjacent 20 acres next to us in 2018. So I guess four years ago, I bought the 10 acres that I'm on now. Um, starting in the beginning of 2020, I started building the house that I'm in right now. Uh, we completed the house this spring. We had been at, in about 2015, 2016, I moved off the property and rented a little house in town. So I'd been renting that house until now. But so now we own this property. We own the other two properties. This one has a house. They're all paid in full. Um, and we lease another 100 acres just outside of town where we raise cattle. Um, all of the properties are basically silvo pasture, permaculture design. That's trees with big gaps uh, in between where we can raise crops and cycle animals through. This property is really flat, the one with the houses, um, and we're just starting to get it established into that model. The properties up on the hills are steep, um, so we've come in with bulldozers, excavators, put in ponds, swales, terraces. It's all integrated fruit trees, nut trees on the slopes, uh, kind of row crops on the flats, all with the intention of animals eating all of it. Um, yeah. And, and on the cannabis side of things, I, uh, I started a business called the, well, first we started the website future 4200 and it's a free resource for cannabis processors. It's like the leading source of information on processing cannabis on earth. Um, it's completely free. We spun that into, it's called the Good Life Gang. It's a membership discount club. I was riding a, I was operating an excavator on the farm. I had eaten a decent amount of mushrooms. I was listening to Tim Ferriss's The Four Hour Work Week, and he said, uh, "Make more money and work less." And then he also said, "Find another business model that's successful and implement it into your own niche." So I took Jack Spearco's membership uh, support brigade that he has for his podcast. Um, and applied it to the cannabis space. So people join my club and I can save you tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the setup and operation of your cannabis processing facility by leveraging the network that I had built before cannabis legalized. Uh, and a lot of that network went on to build manufacturing companies or equipment supply companies. So I went to a couple of my key friends that had done that and said, Hey, would you, would you offer a discount to my group? And they said, sure. sounds crazy, but we'll, we'll jump. And, uh, that's now we have about 75 companies that offer discounts to our members and the membership floats around in between 500 and a thousand members. We have lifetime membership. We have annual memberships. Um, and so that all became a very um, passive source of income, which has allowed me to spend the vast majority of my time doing all the permaculture things that I would rather be doing. Um, and so that's kind of how I got to where I am now. I, um, I, I'm not, I don't make the most money uh, of anybody in the world, but what I do have a lot more of than most people is time. And I've spent that time 
making my life cost as little money as possible. So, you know, you, the more food you grow, the less you have to buy. You build your own house, you're not paying a contractor, you know, things like that. So people look around and they're like, wow, you must be, you must be rich. And, I, and yes, I am, but not in dollars. I'm rich in time and in and, and assets. Um, and that's especially these last couple of weeks when you're seeing the government ramp up on the IRS and all of these things that I've been preaching. Look, you, you don't, you don't have to pay taxes on money you don't make. It's not about skipping out on taxes. It's not about you know being a, a tax criminal. It's about owing less taxes. And and it kind of you know that's kind of been my my grind and my my what I've been putting out lately is like look here's all these ways that my life is getting better and it's disconnecting me from the government as much as possible. So it's kind of where we're at now. That's and that's a lot. I mean, we got let's go. Let's even go back and get into this a little bit. I don't want to because we could probably talk about what you just talked about. We could probably go on for hours. We might have to do this more than once. Let's go back to the very beginning. So when it just it just it kind of I just want to know because I started listening to Jack Spierko also. And I think that's how we No, I don't. It's not how we probably I first saw you, but I remember you talking about that. I was like, hey, I did too. I started listening to Jack Spierko in 2008, the survival podcast. Nice. When When he was still in the car. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I the Jetta. <laughs> I started listening to him when he was uh, episode eight. It was wow, that's cr- good. I was in the middle of I was first semester in chiropractic college, and we all started talking about yes, urban or modern survivalism. This guy's like, hey, check this guy out. He's he's talking. Yeah. About it. And it's like, and I remember I would go back back and forth to school on my bike, and I was like. What, I'm wasting time here. What could I do? So I, I downloaded right. a podcast on those old iPods where you had to hook it into your computer, download yeah. the episodes, and then write it, and then I would write it to school. And that's when I started listening to him. And, and he yeah, resonated with me a lot too. But what's cool about you is it I think it resonated, and then you acted. I mean, sure, so everything, yeah. it, it resonated with me, but I was in the process of going to school where I was – actually accumulating debt and i was like i was like how am i supposed to do all this stuff while i'm accumulating dick and i can't even i can't even get out and work because i'm in school for 60 hours a week i was like this is this is not so over time i've i've listened i've tried to implement it but i've had a hard time truly implementing it and it looks like you've been able to just put your head down work hard get out of debt and then really start to build a life that you enjoy and and that's what i'm trying to help my listeners do in a way that that where they prioritize certain things in their life. And I mean, we could talk a ton of just about permaculture, but I would like to ask you like, so what first brought you to do what you do? What, I mean, what, was there something that clicked? I mean, what, what was the, do you remember what, like, Oh, I got to, I know you said the, the podcast, but was there something that like, something's got to change here. Something's not right here. Yeah. The, what happened is I ate a bunch of mushrooms when I was going to college and I hadn't really done mushrooms before. And I, I, I did the first one and it was kind of like an, a really intense trip. And then I, and you know, brought up a bunch of demons, mainly like, what are you doing here? Why are you going to college? Why are you wasting all this money for something? You know, like, is this really what you want to do? Or is this just what everybody told you you're supposed to do? And, uh, I did a couple more mushroom trips and I realized like, okay, this, there's a reason these things are coming to light every time I eat these mushrooms. And it's probably that I, that this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so that was really the catalyst for me, uh, leaving. Um, and in what were you studying? What were you planning on doing? I went, so I, I was at Washington state university. I went for a year for business school. And then, uh, at the end of that first year, I really realized that that was just a bunch of nonsense. They were just teaching like acronyms and just common sense stuff that, and I had already been involved in the, you know, in the cannabis business, let's say in the medical cannabis business in my state for, 
a year before I went to college. Um, and I started, I realized like, this is, this is not, why am I paying for all of this? But Washington state's like one of the number one ag schools in, in the nation. And so it was right then I, I was smoking a bunch of weed and I started doing the mushrooms and we had gone to Taco Bell one night and they didn't have tomatoes because there's this giant tomato shortage because of these droughts and yada, yada. And that it like clicked right there. It's like, oh, maybe I should grow tomatoes. Like why, how could it possibly, how could there possibly be tomato shortages? They, they're so easy to grow. So I switched to agriculture and, uh, I started growing some tomatoes and, um, the ag school was worse than the business school. It was literally like, here's how you're going to borrow a bunch of money to get a tractor. And here's how you borrow all this money to get the land and borrow the money to buy the fertilizer and the pesticides. And I was like, this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't feel right. And so I did another year because, and I stayed at school for, you know, I did the first year and then I stayed there for the summer and worked a job and then went to another year of school. And then that summer, that next summer, I was working for the USDA uh, at school and just out in these stupid fields, literally, you know, bare dirt, trying to grow crops for some research scientist. And I'm the guy doing all this, like weeding with a hoe and spraying pesticides and spraying herbicides. And I had this one job where I was driving the, I drive a little ATV around and the trailer was, it was like a propane trailer and it was an organic orchard and you'd stick the nozzle down in the gopher holes and you'd fill it up with propane and then you'd light it on fire and it'd torch all the gopher. That's, that's organic. That's veganism for you right there. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was doing that and I was like, this is so dumb. This is not, I don't ever want to do any of this. And, uh, that, that summer was really when I, it, it was the start of the next school year that I dropped out. I timed it terribly dropped out before I started I wasted another like five grand in emissions and stuff, but, um, intuition, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I knew at that point that I, I was not going to keep doing this and I had to go. And then I went and lived in my car for a while and that, and I had not yet encountered Jack Spearco. It was that fall, that winter I was, it was cause I was driving, I'd drive down to Southern Oregon and then I had a big route that I'd do. And I, the music was putting me to sleep when I was, you know, I'd drive like 20, 24 hours, two days straight, no sleep, just drive straight through. And I, so I started searching out podcasts and I just happened to stumble across Jack's uh, podcast. And it, then I binged. And then I, I think he was maybe like a hundred episodes, maybe, no, he's probably a little bit more, maybe like 200 episodes in. So I back binged all of those and then started listening forward um, and just got hooked. I, I, I bought my membership, my lifetime membership when he moved from Arkansas down to Texas and he needed the down payment for his house, which is just the most brilliant thing I think I'd heard at the time. He, cause he had an episode, he's like, look, I'm going to sell a hundred lifetime memberships at $300. And that's the money that I need for the down payment on this house. And they sold out in like 24 hours. No problem. I was like, geez, this guy just raised 30 grand on, <laughs> you know, by talking for 30 seconds right here and everybody just jumped on. And so I've, I've actually, I've spent some time with Jack. I've gone to a couple of different things, gone to some conferences with him and stuff. Uh, he's a, he's definitely been a mentor in my life. Yeah, I definitely have learned quite a bit from him. I've never got to know him personally, but now that I'm living here in Texas, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to see if I can go to one of his events. Oh I've yeah, been, you definitely should. I've been out of country for the last six years. So, okay. so being, coming back, I'm like, yeah, I've got to get to know him personally, see if I can get to know him a little bit better because yeah, I'm like I say, since 2008, I've been listening to him on yeah. and off. I, I've had right. some time where I didn't listen to him, but that is cool. Do you do any of this stuff? So do a lot of these things that you've done, was it related to your overall health? 
Um, that's because that's a question I always bring up because that's what I focus on. My focus and and I see all these changes you're making in your life. Did did any of those? Did any of these changes have to do because you wanted to make sure you had you were healthy or you wanted to improve your health or anything like that? I would say that was not the direction of the goal until until the last couple of years. And it wasn't that I wanted to make drastic changes in my health. It was more that I started to get educated on the detriment to your health as you age that not living, you know, I didn't want to be old and fat and unable to, you know, take care of myself and my family. And, uh, you know, cause so I'm 32 right now. So my early twenties, like I didn't care at all about my health. I was like, I was a high school, almost college athlete. I, I got picked to go play lacrosse at the Navy Academy, which I went out and saw what that was and said, nope, not going, not going to join the Navy, pass on that. So I'd never really, you know, growing up, my parents weren't super health conscious. And I, I just, you know, like was genetically gifted, I suppose that I could eat like shit and, and exercise enough that it didn't really matter. But as I got into my mid twenties, I started to realize like, maybe all these energy drinks aren't good for me and maybe I should start eating. And then a lot of it was, you know, following the guidelines of Jack Spirko and getting it, becoming a prepper. And it was like, you know, eat what you grow and grow what you eat and store, store those things too. And you start, you know, you're not, you're not growing energy drinks, you're not growing ultra processed foods. So, uh, just the fact of, and, and, and being broke helped, you know, being in debt and broke, like, okay, now I guess I'm intermittent fasting (laughs) And, and driving around a lot. Um, I started to realize like, I never ate so terrible, but driving around, I sort of realized, like, you know, if you're driving two days straight, it's it's tough to eat quality food. So I just got into this, you know, drinking coffee and water and 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 fasting for long periods of time and kind of worked myself backwards into a healthy lifestyle. And now we grow the majority of our own food and it's, you know, it's it's tough to grow junk foods. So <laughs> it's just kind of naturally happening and being like kind of go ahead. No, that's I think that's beautiful. I think that's what I want to get it into. But yeah, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, be, being a prepper is really what locked it down for me. Like you know, we've we've got years of of prep food, and it's food that we eat regularly. It's not like mountain house freeze dried food that we've got prepped. It's it's all of our staples that we regularly eat. We've got prepped out, and that's what we eat from. You know, because when 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 we're improving our preps we improve the back end and we consume the front end like the stuff that's been prepped the longest is what we're eating and we're prepping stuff for the you know the backside of that as we go and then just having a garden alone it just makes life a lot more simple but i also Certainly. i also saw that you were uh, like you say you're raising cattle too right right yeah that and, was really the catalyst to you know before that we were eat, we were producing maybe 30, 40% of our food from our gardens. And we would do, we did chickens. We've done lots of chickens before and we did pigs. Um, we kind of scaled back as, as some of our, as we let some of our food force mature a bit. Um, but once I, I read Greg Judy's book, no risk ranching just by chance. And I, he, he was all about, he almost lost his ass buying his family farm and it wasn't making any sense. And he was at the feed store one day and he, um, he saw on the bulletin board on one side was have pasture or need pasture maintained. It was like they're paying someone to come maintain. Like it was an older couple. They just liked the aesthetics of, of a nicely maintained pasture. So it was like paying to maintain pasture. And then on the other side of the board was custom grazing. That's where they'll pay you to take their cattle. And then, well, they, you take the cattle, they weigh them on the way in and then they weigh them on the way out. So let's say you take my cow for three months, we weigh it both sides and I'll pay you based on how many pounds it gained over that period. So he was like looking back and forth. He's like, oh my God, these people will pay me 
to keep their cat their pasture mowed and this guy will pay me to mow with those cows and he just like it it clicked for him so now he's got like almost 2,000 acres in management almost 2,000 cows in management he owns about half of it now um and still makes the most amount of money on the other half of the the cows and land that he doesn't own and so he then wrote a book detailing his whole process through all of this and i read it and i was like oh dude i we could do that so i actually i leased this property where my um where I built the house now, that's that's how we got into this place. And we leased it for a couple of years and raised cattle here, um, but it was a little too small and we wanted to scale up. So now we lease that other property um, and we maintain a 10 to 15 head. And that's about the right amount for um, them to multiply. I keep a bull out there. It's all uh, holistically managed, like rotational mob grazing style. Um, and I'm really just a grass farmer, but the cows are great. They multiply like it. I can barely eat them fast enough for, to like keep the population in check because we're, we're getting, you know, two to five calves a year. Um, and we try to keep one bull out there. So it's we're, we're on average, we're putting three head in the freezer each year. And that's it, it, it's a lot of a lot of meat. So we and I don't I don't sell any of it either. It's all we eat it or we have we, we we've been having a lot of people over for dinner. We do big barbecues. I give it to friends and family because uh, it, it almost it costs me thousand dollars a year for the property and that includes power and water and then i pay another thousand dollars a year for insurance because it's right on the side of the highway so if a cow gets out here i'm liable some states or some jurisdictions that's different but because it's not open range here so two thousand dollars a year plus maybe another couple hundred bucks each year in, in maintenance on a bad year um and that yields thousands and thousands of dollars equivalent in beef in high in the highest quality pasture finished beef we don't feed them anything yeah, that's and and that's that's what I recommend today. Um, today it's funny how I've evolved over my time, and as I study nutrition and study how we should eat as humans, the, the more I study, we should be eating fatty animals. And a cow is yeah, a, absolutely a, a beautiful way to to new, to give us that that fat and that and that that yeah. nutritious meat and organs. I mean, turn sunlight so I, yeah into grass into like peak human food like the true superfood is beef beef liver like it doesn't get any more nutrient dense or, and bioavailable than that oh yeah and and i think that's so so you you just rented out a hundred acres and you just you you paddock shift those 15 cows and you just use that as your and basically i mean this is just for me to understand a little bit more this is um that's your meat and you raise them and then you butcher three a year and that's way more than enough meat for your family but you when you just paddock shift them and move the water around with them or i mean how well does- so this this property that we have is there's a slough running through it so it's like a slightly tidally influenced uh like stream you could you could think of um that feeds into the willapop bay but it's it's fresh it's low enough salt content that the cows will drink it. So all my paddocks are set up so that they can go down to the slough and drink. So I don't even have to move water. I do have water systems out there. And sometimes I'll, if it's a really hot, dry summer and I, and I notice that they're starting to beat up the vegetation close to the slough. Cause there's like a riparian edge to the slough, like, you know, anywhere from 10 to 50 feet of different types of grasses and and things that grow down near the slough that the cows don't typically like to eat. But if it's really hot and dry and they've eaten a lot of the other stockpile out there, they'll start to eat into that. And I try to prevent them from 
disrupting too much of that riparian zone right next to the slough just because it's not great for the whole ecosystem if they graze right down to the slough so if that's the case i'll fence that off with like a little tent fence and i'll move water around but i haven't had to do that in a couple years now the longer you do this the healthier the soil gets the more carbon goes into the soil the longer your growing season becomes um so this this year and the year prior i didn't do any um extra water they just drink from the slough and it's tied into all the little paddocks Wow. So are you basically, so you basically raise hundred percent of your food now having cattle or do you, do you, st- do you have to buy anything? It's, it's close. I mean, we don't, there's, it's not a hundred percent, right? Like I, I'm not interested in harvesting salt. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't grow black pepper here. Um, we still, there's still things that it makes sense to like, we'll trade or we'll go out like the, I've got a couple local farmers in the area that, um, like I'm not doing any pigs right now, but I like to eat bacon so we'll go source some some bacon from local farmers um i would say we're probably growing like 75 to 80 percent of our own food and that's because we eat beef the majority of the time and, and elk we, we get we have big elk herds here and we we take an elk each year so that wow. helps so you're actually able to hunt up there too huh i mean oh, that's, yeah. that's beautiful maybe I, maybe i can go up there and hunt with you one time yeah come check I, it out if you, I, if you got a elk, bow it's wide open is it is it mm-hmm. what about what about rifles can you rifle hunt up there too I can, but it's all spoken for. It's all spoken. Oh. Yeah, I've got fam- family members that come and do the the rifle. At least on this pro, it, th- when I say hunt, this backyard is mecca for, because uh, the county that I live in is like ninety five or ninety eight percent commercial timber. So there's very and there's like tens of thousands of elk here. My backyard right now is just six acres of pasture that I don't have cows in. So it's like a Mecca for the elk right now. And so I'm looking out my, my back door right now down into the pasture. And this from where I'm sitting is actually you know two feet away from where we've shot the elk in the backyard each of the last two years. So it's kind of hunting. It's more like I feed these elk my pasture all year round and it's too good to pass up. So um, and I and I really enjoyed elk meat. That was probably one of my favorite meats. I mean, I choice. Really, yeah. really, yeah, I really it's a little it. lean, but man, it's good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I have to take you up on that. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna turn how to bow hunt then. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. Um, it's tricky. We we have a pretty good elk population up on the farm up on the hills, but it's they're much trickier to get up there. There there's so much tree coverage right here. It's just a big shooting lane. Like it's cheating. I mean, so you've kind of just lived, and it's and it's it's so interesting because uh, as I as I also dive into just modern modern survivalism as preppers, I mean, you just living that way, you live a more healthy life, and if you live sure. a more healthy life, it, life becomes so much more simple. I always, I always, to me, my last podcast I sent out was 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 put put what's most important in order, and to me, number one is health, because sure. the the moment we lose health, we not only become worthless but we become a burden to ourselves and those around us right so if we can become as healthy as possible we can not only build ourselves but we can help build our communities and our families and we can provide for them and do all that we must do as 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 men and also women their jobs also are super important what do they have to do but we can we can provide what we must provide and I see as, as as and that's why I was so interested in talking to you because I've seen over the years how you've how you've grown. It, it seems like more and more health based. You are doing you 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 continue to do political. We could talk about political, but that'd be another day. Yeah. But it, but it yeah. looks like it looks like how um, you just continue to become more and more healthy. I see at your post about you eating and how you're growing and all these things, and it it, it excites me to see how m- so many people are getting into this movement 
and maybe not really realizing how important it is for their own proper health and how they're building up a, a, a strong body to be able to, to help people in the future, not only themselves, but help their kids and help their wives and help their future family grow in a way that's a lot more healthy because modern society is just becoming sicker and sicker. And as more people do what you're doing, they're getting healthier and healthier. And if we can do that and kind of slowly change one person at a time, I can only see I can only see positive outcomes on that. Yeah, certainly. And it's, you touched on a point earlier where you said you've gone through kind of a journey towards finding what that means and you've kind of settled in on fatty meat. And it's funny because if you just look at like ancestral data, what I'm doing now is what everybody was doing 150 years ago, right? And, and at a time when there was very little heart disease, no obesity, no diabetes, and you start looking at the correlation to what people eat and what they do with their daily life and these metabolic disorders of which, you know, 98% of our of the men in this country have some sort of metabolic disorder. Uh, that's insane. It's because and then, then you look at 1% of the, the population in our country is producing food. There's a direct correlation to those two things right there. Um, and, and my diet is just based on what, what have humans been eating forever and do that. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's so simple. I mean, it really yeah. is simple. And, and I like how you said it was, we don't have to look thousands of years ago. We look like three or four or maybe f only five generations back. And that's right. what our ancestors ate. I mean, it wasn't yep. too long ago. I mean, a lot of us can look maybe two generations back. That's exactly see. your great grandparents. The, the fat that they consume was probably 90, 95% animal based because there was not this dulge of plant based fat. It didn't exist. And when it, where it did exist was being used as like industrial lubricants. It was not being fed to people. Exactly. I mean, it's funny. So, I mean, I was reading what 1910 is when when this whole plant-based fats came out and and went from less than one percent heart disease to now we're over 40 percent number one killer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it is it is insane how just simplifying what we eat, or in other words, eat how we ate 100 years ago, um, the majority of disease will go away. Of course, it's not just that; it's the way we move to. Everyone's super sedentary, but, right? But and stress, right? Like everybody mm -hmm. sits in their car, stressed out in traffic, consuming, you know, seed oils and high fructose corn syrup all day. And, and any one of those things isolated, your body, you know, we're pretty resilient. You you could probably do okay. You put all three of them together, and you're gonna have a bad time. We haven't. There hasn't been enough time for humanity to adapt. And it doesn't mean that, like, I don't think those three things could kill off all of humanity. It's just that the majority of people are going to have a really bad time during that adaptation period. Like may, maybe in 500 years or 600 years, humans are optimized to stress and sedentary lifestyle and eating seed oils. But do you want to be part of that? Do you want to be one of the guinea pigs that got us there? Exactly. I and I wonder, I, I mean, you, you think about that and it, it is – it is possible because we as humans, what do we do? If we're not adapting, we're healing. If we're not healing, we're maintaining. So we're always doing those three things as our body knows. And if we're adapting, I eventually, I imagine we would eventually adapt to whatever we're putting ourselves to. But at the same right. time, it's so much suffering. Why have to suffer? Yeah, and are we going to be better or worse at the end of that? Like, is adapting to that going to make us better as, as humanity? And I would probably argue no. <laughs> I would 100% agree with you. It's not going to make us any better because we were, we were built – in a way to live and that's how we should be living and they're, and we're tr and they're trying to force us into a way that we're not built to be, live and, right and it'll only cause sickness for sure yeah and that that adaptation uh, humans had adapted to you know millennia of 
a, a very symbiotic relationship with the ecosystem that we lived in, right? We weren't overtaxing everything. That's all, that's a very modern, you know, a lot of it's based on uh, the Fritz Haber MP, you know, being able to pull nitrogen from the air and growing a massive amount of food. That's directly correlated to the population explosion. Before that, you know, the there wasn't a whole lot of uh, humans are destroying the earth type rhetoric uh, because we barely even had any kind of understanding how big the earth was really we're like it's endless right and at that time it, it basically was a bit endless because the earth in a, in a in a balanced ecosystem is endlessly abundant right and they may not be endless land but the abundance is certainly endless and we've gone so far astray from that it's, it's ridiculous oh yeah that's an episode of its own i mean i'll right. have to if we've come and i would definitely enjoy talking to you more about these things because i love talking about these things and and especially getting opinions from other people i mean we, i mean we're probably somewhat similar in a lot of our opinions but it's great to hear what other people have to say about the same thing so it's we can learn so much just by listening and well we're coming to that, down to the end i'd just like to ask you one more question i mean so if you had to like i my last episode it's been with me and i'd like to if you had to prioritize prioritize importance in your life right now what would you put like the top four things of importance in your life today I like to refer back to, you know, so let's let's just say health is the first one. And I agree with that. And you start looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so in order for me to be healthy, I need shelter. First and foremost, I need water, food. I need air. But let's put that one off the table. That's if there's going to be air. There's not I'm not planning for there to be no air. If there's no air, I'm dead. That's it. But shelter, water, food. Uh, those are the three most important things. Like if I'm not providing that for myself, I'm going to be useless to providing anything for anybody else. So if we can focus on locking down those three things, um, we're at a much more stable base to then do all of the other things. And that, that not just for health, but for wealth and for, for lifestyle and for happiness. If, if, if you don't have to worry about it, because most people on earth right now, those three things are their biggest concerns and they're not sure where they're going to come from tomorrow. Like imagine if you live in a shack in a slum and the water is a couple miles away at a dirty well, and you don't even know where food comes from, but you know, and, and you can, you could apply that to most you know, most big cities on earth right now, there's a population of people that have no idea where those three things are going to come from. If you can get over that first hump, and there's a lot of people that live kind of in this like lower middle class where they live in an apartment that they're not exactly sure how they're going to pay for next month. And the water comes from in America, the water comes from the tap. So a lot of people can kind of put that one to the side for a little bit, but they have no, they don't have food for tomorrow in the fridge. They, they maybe have food for today. A lot of people just live on fast food and they just driving around buying fast food every day. So you start prepping food and watch how easy, you know, cause if you've got three months of food prepped, if you've got a month of food prep, that's a month that I don't have to work to feed my family. And you can, take very simple, small steps to start getting into your food preps, right? Like buy one extra of the non-perishable things that you normally buy. You buy pasta, buy one extra pack of that pasta each time you go to the grocery store or, you know, pick whatever your non-perishable. Start stockpiling little bits of food and it starts working back towards that. How do I live this life that I want to live while making the least amount of money? Um, and that is immediately a stress reliever um, and a happiness in increaser. Um, and, and so for me, that's the, fo the, the key focus is on those Maslow's 
hierarchy of need and, and go dig into that because once you get past those essentials like how not to die it starts getting into okay how do i what do i need for happiness what do i need to be like a whole human and it, it goes down the the list and he's got them all listed out and um I, I kind of follow that as my staple to you know my prepping and 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 all of this and it's funny because i used to talk about this a lot more and i've kind of gone away so i'm so glad that you brought this back and the importance of of if we truly want if we i mean if we start to prep if we start to prepare that decreases overall stress and with overall decrease in stress we're just we're going to be more healthy we're going to be more happy and we're going to be able to really truly provide service to others and right. that's and, and and i haven't said that for a long time so it's great to hear that again and the, the more prepared we are the healthier we're going to be so right yeah. and the more the more prepared you are the more freedom you have to take risks to to then build businesses that might fail which is inevitable right so the more prepared you are the the freer your life becomes all around Perfect. I'd love. That's a great way to end because freedom is. Yeah. If you, the more free you are, the more healthy you're going to be, and that's what Absolutely. we need to look for. If we can be as free as possible, and the 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 world just opens up. So try to be as free as possible. Build your wealth, which includes your health, because that's one of the most important things. Again, Dustin, thanks so much for coming on. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna have to get you back on. We can talk some other things because sure. these conversations can go a lot longer. But I'd like to keep them about 30 minutes. We're already going over. So I'll let you have any come back any any last words before i let you go where where can people find you uh you can find me on instagram at future 4200 um that's probably the best but if you go there it's you know you can find the links to everything else that i do but that's a good place to start cool deal all right thanks a ton for coming on yeah for sure man well, I sure hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did talking with Dustin. Before I let you go, remember, if you leave a review of this podcast, it helps it get out to the masses, and we need to get this out there. People need to be listened to this. So go to the Wellness Former Podcast, wherever you listen to this, and leave a review of the show. It helps us grow. Join my email list to never miss an episode, and you also get a free book called Earth and Us Heal Naturally, absolutely free, just by signing up. So don't miss that opportunity. And if you want to help me out, there's a couple of ways to do that. But the best way to do it is buying my books online. My two books, Playing in the Dirt and The Four Pillars of Health, they're available on Amazon. You can also buy Playing in the Dirt, The Four Pillars of Health, and a short ebook called Mental Wellbeing made simple on my website, pastelswetherthisfarm.com. And if you buy from my website and use the code GIFT at checkout, you're only going to be paying $10 a book. So get yours today and give them as gifts, please. This needs to get out there. And most importantly, I really want to help people return to who they are. And that's done in my membership. So go to pastelsbetterthisfarm.com slash subscription where we go so much more deeper into what we talk about on this podcast and we bring it out and we make you we help you feel your best so hope to talk to you very soon on the inside